Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young man back. He's been on before, but he's now no longer affiliated uh, with the organization. He is, however, a great independent journalist who took it upon himself to go to East Palestine, Ohio. It's Logan Dubill. Logan, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you are good. So you decided to go to East Palestine. Um, why? Uh, again, all of us want to reach out. We want to hug them. We want to help them. But you're pretty close in proximity, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure we're all aware that the federal government has not been doing their job. They haven't really stepped in and helped out the people who were affected by that train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And me being a college student from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I realized that it was only about an hour and a half away. And if they weren't going to step in, I was willing to take up that role. So I spent probably 36 hours raising money on all of my social media platforms. And by the end of it, I raised around $400. Uh, with that money, I was able to fill up my car with cases of water, school supplies, toys, really anything that I thought would help out the community. Right. And I drove over and I, I, I spent the day there donating, talking with residents, kind of getting a feel for what's really going on over there. I know that East Palestine is pretty close to the Ohio-Pennsylvania um, border, but you're further inland. You're, you're about an hour and a half, you said. Do you get any effects as far as Pittsburgh? Do you guys feel any of that? Do you see the cloud from Pittsburgh? If you look at the sky, do you see this gigantic smoke plume? Um, I personally haven't really experienced any of that. And from what I'm being told, I'm, I'm really bad with geology and all of that. But what I've been told is that the Pittsburgh water flows into Ohio. So hopefully we don't have to really worry about water contamination over here. Could you visually see anything though in the sky or not? Uh, me, no. Okay. So so you got in the car, $400 worth of, worth of goods. I'm sure they appreciate that when you got there. What did you expect to see when you got to East Palestine and what did you end up seeing? So I thought it would be a little bit busier. Um, I kind of lucked out weather-wise. It was around probably mid to upper 60s. So I was expecting a lot of people to be up and about. Um, but when I got there, it was really only news crew around because Pete Buttigieg finally decided to show up that day. Um, the residents that I did come in contact with, they were very kind of weary about doing interviews. Uh, I, I really do bet that it's becoming a lot right. for them, especially with all of the you know big neighbors starting to finally arrive. A lot of news is there, and they're probably really tired of all of the you know attention when all they really want is aid and help. Yeah, you told me earlier that you did not have any sort of a um, you know a, a time to spend with Pete Buttigieg. Not that you were trying to, but he happened to be there at the same time. So was all the attention going to him? Um, a lot of the attention was going to him. Like I said, it was majority news crew, and I'm sure that they were the like obviously the reason that they were there was for him. Uh, I am close with a lot of reporters who did get up and close with Pete Buttigieg and his press secretary. And actually, some of my friends were the ones that called aggressive for trying to ask questions. So even though the media was there for answers, they didn't even get that. And the residents that I was able to speak with were very, very upset with that. I found it very interesting. And again, it's, it's Logan Dubill. He's an independent journalist. You could follow him at the Logan Dubill. It's D-U-B-I-L. Um, over on Twitter, and it's where he put his content. I found it very interesting, and I want your commentary on this. As I'm, I'm a former journalist. I did it for a very long time, as you probably know. I know how to do the job. I have every right to put a microphone into a public official's face and, and a camera and ask questions. Buttigieg ran away from your friends that you're talking about, and I saw the video they were rolling on his press secretary. She she's, uh, went ahead and identified herself. I am his press secretary, and they said, well, answer a few questions. Turn off the video. <laughs> And they said, well, no, why would we shut off the video? Because you're being aggressive. Now, Logan, was there anything about that video that you and I both saw, and I think a lot of people watching and listening saw it as well, that you could, would call aggressive? 
Not at all. I'm actually really happy you brought up that video because it's funny that she was the one who introduced herself as the press secretary, making herself known to the crowd of journalists. As a press secretary, your job is to have answers, to answer questions. And the fact that as soon as people started to do what was expected of them, that's when she got all kind of scared. She was telling journalists to shut off their cameras, even though they were on public property. Uh, she told journalists that she would only answer questions if everyone was calm and that no cameras were rolling. So, no, I mean, from what I saw, they were just doing their jobs. And from what I saw, uh, the press secretary was not doing her job. Yeah, uh, press secretary, for those who are watching and listening, is somebody who literally puts out the notifications about what her boss is doing, uh, where he's going to be, what the schedule happens to be. And if he's not available, she answers questions for him, just like the press secretary at the White House is the representative of, of Joe Biden. This person is the representative of Pete Buttigieg. She had no right, no rhyme, no reason to say, shut your cameras off and to say, I'll happily answer questions if you don't record it. Why? I mean, if, if you don't want me to record it, you're going to say something off camera that you want to deny later. That's the only reason I can think of. 100%. And it might be that she wasn't prepared. Um, it might be that maybe she was overwhelmed um, in that specific moment. But like I said, she was the one who introduced herself as the press secretary. And she should have expected people to approach her and ask her questions. Uh, one of my friends is with the uh, Daily Caller News Foundation, yeah. Alexa Schwerha, shout out to her. Um, but she was there asking questions about why Pete Buttigieg was taking pictures of journalists. I'm not sure if you heard about that story. That kind of went viral. I did. And I thought that was ridiculous. Pete, yeah, she couldn't even answer questions about that. And that is a little bit embarrassing as well. We've had we've had your friend on the show before. She's a very good journalist as well. It's Logan Dubil. Go follow him, the Logan Dubil, D-U-B-I-L, over on Twitter and find some of this content. Yeah, literally her job is to answer questions. And they can be on camera. They can be on a microphone. And you have no right to shut it down. And the whole Pete Buttigieg taking a picture of the journalist was, that was a threat. He was basically saying, okay, I got you now. Uh, and I found that to be very, very sort of WEF of him. Uh, Logan, let me ask you this. When you got, I haven't been there. Does it smell different in East Palestine? Does it look different? Are people, you know, telling you that they're feeling the effects of this? Just generally give me an overview of when you got there. So I'm not really sure what it's supposed to smell like. It wasn't very, very strong, but it definitely was a little bit different than from what I'm used to in Pittsburgh. So I would assume that that is from, you know, the after effects of the train derailment. A lot of residents weren't really out on the streets. Like I said, it was really nice weather. So I was expecting a lot of people to be out and about, but really it was only news crew. The residents I did speak with said that they are a little bit concerned. I've also heard from some of the businesses there that they're losing a little bit of, a, a little bit of business because people aren't really willing to travel into the area. Obviously it is a safety concern. So that is bringing away a lot of customers, a lot of visitors, a lot of tourists, really anything like that. And the main thing that I've heard, the, the one big story going on there is that residents are desperately waiting for more federal aid for Joe Biden. And they don't think that that's coming. I don't think that's coming. It's clear that other countries, specifically Ukraine, is being prioritized and the residents are very, very upset with this administration. Well, I can imagine. Who are they casting blame on? Is it on the railroad uh, line? Is it on Buttigieg? Is it on the NTSB, which really isn't to blame here? Is it Biden? Is it Trump? I mean, are they taking sides? Are they, are they pointing fingers or not? 
So if you look on social media, it's kind of a lot of stories and narratives going on. But the residents I spoke to, the people from East Palestine, Ohio, are putting the blame on this administration, on Joe Biden, on Pete Buttigieg. Uh, the people I've talked with said that they were very happy and grateful that Trump came. So it looks like his presence and all of his donations and generosity really did make an impact on the town. And it's clear that Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg aren't having that same effect. The, uh, the NTSB has confirmed that nothing Trump did caused this. Buttigieg keeps saying that the mnemonic brake system or something, the regulation that Trump got rid of, which actually the study was started by, by, by Obama in 2015, but in 2018 they decided not to add more regulations, and Buttigieg and, um, and Biden are trying to allege that somehow Trump did it. Is that, re- is that resonating at all with the residents? And again, the NTSB says that's not true. This had nothing to do with their regulation, but that's the story they're trying to tell. What are the residents saying? None of the residents really got into um, like specifics on that. The, like I said earlier, the main um, narrative that's going around is that no matter who's responsible, they expect the president of the United States and the secretary of transportation to step up and do their job. Some of the other rumors are going around is that um, some of the Ohio officials are declining aid and don't want Biden to come. Even if that's the case, I think that Biden and Pete as you know, very high federal officials can step up and do their job on their own free will and make that trip out, even if they were told that aid isn't wanted. That's interesting about Ohio officials. And again, it's Logan Dubil, L-O-G-A-N-D-U-B-I-L, the Logan Dubil over on Twitter. He's an independent journalist. What's interesting to me is that I know that DeWine asked for FEMA help almost immediately, and they said no. And they said no, I think, twice. And then Trump said he was going to go to East Palestine, and suddenly there was some FEMA money that was available. Um, so that's interesting. I, I have not heard that Ohio officials didn't want him to go, but at the end of the day, he should go. It doesn't really matter. You know, I, I referred to this, and you might not remember because you're too young, but when Hurricane Sandy hit back in 2012, you had Obama went and met with Chris Christie. And they did this walk along the beach and they assessed the damage. I mean, why wouldn't you? It doesn't matter what your political standing is. This was caused by a railroad line that went off the tracks. They lit it on fire. Nobody knows why. Chemists say, I don't know why they would have lit this on fire. And and, and Biden says he doesn't want to go. So uh, again, I hadn't heard that about the Ohio, the Ohio officials, but you're telling me the residents of East Palestine just aren't feeling the love from Washington. Not at all. And I'm very, very vocal about this topic on social media. Obviously, I used all of my platforms to raise the money, and I've been very vocal. I'm trying to keep up as much as I can. It's funny that you bring up, you know, politics with that, because the main liberal argument I've received is that Ohio is a red state and that they shouldn't even get any help from the federal government because they all wanted Trump in 2020. And I think that is embarrassing i think that's a joke that's obviously not how things work right. but that is very telling of you know liberal politics and liberals in general well it's pretty sick to be honest with you and, and again i'll bring up another case that, that you're not going to remember much unless you went back and researched it and you might have but hurricane katrina rolls through in 2005 and uh, george w bush was the president because fema wasn't there two seconds in Mike Brown was a racist. George W. Bush was a racist. Why won't they give these people help? When you actually, as the governor, it was Governor Blanco in Louisiana back then, had to request the help of the National Guard or from FEMA. And Ray Negan, who's now, I think, in jail, who was the mayor of uh, New Orleans at the time, he didn't ask for help either. They still rolled in people, even though Kanye West said George Bush doesn't like black people and so on and so forth. But there's always a double standard here. 70% of the people there voted for Trump. We know that. 
They're middle class to lower middle class white people, so they're not intersectional, so they're not going to get any extra votes for some fringe group that the Democrats want. That's really what's going on. I mean, as much as Joy Behar and other you know narrative on, online that you were talking about want to say, Trump, bad, you voted for Trump, you got what you deserved, the reality is the Democrats don't see any new votes out of this. Why help? No, and that's not how things work. I hope that right. everyone's kind of on the same page as that. You're not elected to serve the people that voted for you. You're elected to serve the people. And if Biden doesn't step up and do something, that's really going to you know, affect the way that things go in the next election. It's going to affect the way that people look up to the administration. And it's just not a good look for the country overall. It's Logan Dubill. Go follow him, the Logan Dubill, over on Twitter. Uh, he's an independent journalist. When you were there, was the was the train were the train car still smoking? Was it still smoldering? Was there any uh, any residue of the was the the plume still there? Uh, I didn't really see any smoke in the area. They did have that pretty blocked off from journalists or pedestrians to go explore. Um, a lot of construction going on. Uh, like I said earlier, there was a little bit of a smell. So it definitely does seem like a hazardous area. And I, I, I do believe that they were trying their best to kind of keep that crossed off to prevent anyone from going in and potentially getting contaminated. Very, very interesting. I, I would like to have gone. I didn't go, obviously. We've been keeping a close eye on it. I actually had Rudy Giuliani on from East Palestine when he was there. He was there when you were there. If you were there when Buttigieg was there, Rudy yeah. was also there. And interestingly, he told me the story, and it was uh, it was actually covered by the Daily Mail or somebody, that um, Buttigieg had to wait outside for 45 minutes in City Hall because Rudy was inside and the people didn't want to l- let him stop speaking. They didn't want to stop you know, getting with Rudy Giuliani, who, of course, as a former mayor and the, the America's mayor, he certainly knows how to handle a catastrophe. Um, Buttigieg had to wait outside. I found it to be very, very interesting. And the people there don't really, like you said, they don't really care about politics, but so far they've been shown the love by Trump and Rudy and people like that. They haven't been shown the love by Buttigieg who went there and he didn't want to. And Biden certainly hasn't gone there. Um, when you were leaving, what, what, if anything, did you leave with? The last question for you. What, what did you leave with? What was your, what was your thought process? Will these people all get up and leave? Are they going to try to tough it out and stay there? They, they don't want to be contaminated and have have you know health issues 10 years down the road what, what did you leave what was the impression you left with the, the impression i left with was a lot more aid is needed um a lot of people are are feeling hopeful especially the day before i visited that was when trump was there pallets worth of water cleaning chemicals all of all of that was donated so people are feeling uh the love now and they're still expecting a little bit more aid and who better to do that than joe biden the president of the united states uh my last stop there was um my last half of the donation. So I stopped at one shelter early on. They were very, very grateful. I stopped at the last one on my way out. They were also grateful. And they were telling me um, really how much it means to be heard, how much it means to be supported, and that they really do need more help. So Joe Biden, if you're listening, do your job. Anyone else who's listening who would like to you know, get involved and help out, please reach out to me on Twitter. Um, I, like I said, I'm about an hour and a half away. So if it does come to it, I'm willing to fill up my car again and drive over and help again because it's clear that the federal government is not interested in helping. Appreciate the update after you went there. Uh, Logan, thanks a lot. At the Logan Dubill, go and follow him on Twitter. And uh, thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, stay in touch. Let us know when you're out covering other stories. Really good to have you back on. Thank you for having me. All right, my man. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show.
Great to have you. We appreciate Logan coming on with an update from East Palestine. I'm just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, which is not a good look for me. I'm dumbfounded by the fact that the EPA is not going to test for dioxins. And again, as, as Kerry said earlier, it's very simple. You find out what the manageable level is, what the non-dangerous level is for human beings and for animals and for water and so on. And then you go and test it and see if you're at that level above or below. And then you you take action as the Environmental Protection Agency. You'll notice no visit from Al Gore in East Palestine. Nor John Kerry. No visit from John Kerry. No visit from Greta Thunberg. No visit from any of these idiots who are all lying about climate change. They're all doing it for power and control. There are not people who live in East Palestine. There aren't who believe in this faux climate change thing. That's why these people didn't go there and and make us think. That would have been the place to go, if not to the side of the Nord Stream 2 that was sabotaged and blown up. Another ecological hazard, nobody nobody showed up there either. It's all very, very strange to me. Do me a favor, stop by the website, joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com. Scroll down, click on contact if you want to send an email. Also, while you're there, do me a favor, click on watch. You'll see all these interviews that we do, all the parodies that we do, all the monologues that we do, including me laughing like Kamala Harris from last night. JoePags.com. Click on watch. Just click at, uh, I believe there's a drop-down menu on mobile. Click on watch there, or it's right there on your desktop if you do it as well. Pop culture. Up. Dirty pop. <laughs> Hi, Paula, talk to me. What's going on? So have you seen this uh, story about Tom Sizemore, the actor Tom, Tom, Tom Sizemore? Somebody sent me something last night that he wasn't doing well. Has he, has he passed? He hasn't passed, has no, he? No, he hasn't passed yet, but uh, apparently on February 18th, he had a brain aneurysm as a result oh. of a stroke, and he's been in a coma and intensive care since then, and I guess now they're saying that he's not expected to recover, so his family is now deciding, I guess, the end of life matters for him. That sucks. If you had to pick the biggest movie he was in, what was it? Uh, Saving Private Ryan? I guess so. Really good actor. Really good actor. It's sad news. So sorry to hear that. Polo, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Do me a favor. Stop by that website. Also, go to Instagram. Check out the reels. Joe Talk Show on Instagram. See it. This is the Joe Pegg Show. <laughs>